G'day and welcome to The Journey. I'm Max Norden sitting in for Jude Hennessy this week while Jude's away at a conference. It's the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's the Gospel of Jesus having another one of his many discussions with the Pharisees, this time telling them that the tax collectors and prostitutes are getting into the kingdom of heaven before them. We've got some great people on the show this week for you. Bushik and Josh Clayton's with us. Josh has been experiencing some evacuation procedure training, and that caused him to think about the challenges of evacuating and having to leave behind stuff that's not actually needed. And that caused him to think about, well, what's the most important thing you have? What's the thing that you couldn't bear losing? Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. And this week, Trish says that much of our life is a reflection of the state of our heart, not just our physical heart, but the one that encapsulates our hopes, our dreams, our spirit, our essence, in fact, the deepest part of who we are. And Trish is going to break that open for us. Father Tony Percy again on the show with his regular spot, The Word. And Father Tony says that the readings this week focus our attention around change. A very important principle that helps us change in a moral sense is a sense of conversion with ourselves but also with others, and that is acceptance of ourselves and of the other person is not necessarily meaning approval of their behaviour. Wisdom from the Abbey spot this week, as usual, with Mother Hilda Scott. And she's got the story of Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, who was a Jesuit priest, a philosopher, a scientist and a paleontologist. And he wrote a book called Towards the Future, in which he said that harnessing for God the energies of love would dramatically change the world. And Mother Hilda's going to break open what Father Pierre had to say on that. The Gospel this week, the reflection with Father Mike Delaney, who's concluding his four-week, multi-week reflection series that he's called At What Cost? So the Gospel is Matthew 21, verses 28 to 31. It's the story of the tax collectors and prostitutes entering the kingdom of God before the Pharisees. And Father Mike says, We hear Jesus tell this parable about two brothers who are asked by the Father to work in the family vineyard, And we see two quite different responses. And then Jesus asks the scribes and Pharisees, which of the two did the Father's will? And that causes the question of where do we stand today in our response to God's call in our life? Father Mike's going to break that open for us in just a moment after I read the gospel for you. And then we'll have some opening music with Stephen Stanley and whatever it takes. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norton sitting in for Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He went and said to the first, My boy, you go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not go. But afterwards thought better of it and went. The man went and said the same thing to the second who answered, Certainly, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the father's will? The first, they said. Jesus said to them, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you, a pattern of true righteousness, But you did not believe him, and yet the tax collectors and prostitutes did. Even after seeing that, you refused to think better of it and believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord The Gospel Reflection with Father Mike Delaney Welcome to week four and the final week of this reflection series I've called At What Cost? Each week as we've listened, we've heard readings from Matthew's Gospel. And we've been reminded powerfully of the generosity of God, which goes beyond our understanding. To put today's reading into a bit of a context, Jesus has entered Jerusalem when he's been welcomed by the people joyfully. From there, he'd gone to the temple where he'd driven the traders from the temple and had been challenged by the chief priests and the scribes. 
By what authority are you doing these things? Rather than answering their question directly, Jesus asks them about John's baptism and asking why they didn't listen to his teaching and his call to repentance. And so our message today starts from a different perspective. We hear Jesus tell this parable about the two brothers who were asked by their father to work in the family vineyard and we see two quite different responses. The first son says no, but then later reflects on his response and what it is that his father has asked him to do and changes his mind. The second son initially says yes, but then fails to do what he'd been asked. The most interesting part of the gospel, however, comes as Jesus then asks the scribes and Pharisees, which of the two did the father's will? And without hesitation, they were able to answer the first. But in making this response, they in fact show that they have not understood the mercy and the generous love of God. And we hear Jesus remind them of all the ways that they have failed to hear the word of God and it's been proclaimed by the prophets, especially by John the Baptist, who had come calling them to this new beginning. In the last judgment story of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus will again remind us that it's not what we say or believe that will determine whether we are faithful to the will of God. It will actually be what we've done. So where do we stand today in our response to God's call in our lives? Do I hear God in the everyday inviting me to answer his call to be a disciple in the vineyard. I pray that the response we make will be a yes and the one which we mean and that at any time we might say no, we will quickly realise that God never says no and that he is always waiting for our yes. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Change up. 
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. You may have heard of Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, born in France on the 1st of May 1881. He died in 1955 on the 10th of April. He was a Jesuit priest, philosopher, scientist and paleontologist. He was silenced by the church for his somewhat left-field views of God and mankind, and he completely accepted this, with the result that today we've reclaimed and recognised him for the saint that he really is. Tyard said and wrote some marvellous things. For instance, as translated in the book Toward the Future, he wrote, and this is brilliant, The day will come when after harnessing space, the winds, the tides, gravitation, we shall harness for God the energies of love. And on that day, for the second time in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire. I think this statement bears thinking about. I think it offers much encouragement because Despite the ill winds that blow across our troubled world today, I believe the energies of love are indeed being harnessed, perhaps the more so because there seems to be so little love. We don't know exactly what it means to harness space, winds, tide, gravitation, though the human race is certainly working hard on it, and there are enough examples of where we have and haven't succeeded Yet we don't have to wait for mankind to catch up with these things. On the cross, Jesus harnessed for God the energies of love and it brought about our salvation. It gave us our entrance ticket into the eternal kingdom. It gave us a place no one and nothing can ever take from us. No one can ever tell us, not even ourselves, that we don't belong to God or that goodness is somehow not for us. doesn't matter what we've done. The right is ours, and it was won by Jesus when, at a cost, he harnessed the forces of love, and indeed, fire fell upon the earth. Furthermore, today, we can join many others and begin to harness the energies of love for God, right now, right where we are. It's already happening. Look around you. Good people are doing so much. Check out the news. While, yes, many horrible things are happening, certainly, but equally, more things are happening too, good things. When the attack happened in Manchester, it's told that two homeless men were at the entrance. One was begging and another was asleep. When the blast happened, one grabbed as many souvenir T-shirts as he could and started to stem the bleeding of some of the victims. The other cradled terrified people in his arms they harnessed the energies of love and fire was discovered anew may you know that kind of fire this week thank you mother hilda for her spot this week energies of love and as mother hilda says right now we can join others and harness the energies of love for god right now right where we are with whatever we're doing today or tomorrow in the coming week just look around us look for the good people who are doing so much encourage them and as well seek out to do good ourselves and we can actually change the world coming up after the break father tony percy with the word segment this week, Father Tony's words are acceptance is not necessarily approval. And he says the readings are focusing our attention on change and the fact that Jesus' acceptance of the tax collectors and prostitutes and his love for them is clearly on display in this gospel passage, but he challenges them and he doesn't approve of their behavior, causing Tony to call his segment this week acceptance is not necessarily approval time now though for some more music got a couple of tracks coming up for you bella taylor smith and her song small things bella's interesting because she's a sydney musician who's starting to build a reputation in the uh, christian music scene and after uh, bella and after the break we'll have natalie grant and Corey ashby your will be found Faith, Hope, Love and Life. I'm Max Norden, sitting in for Jude Hennessy this week while Jude's away at a conference. 
Thanks for being on the journey. Tell me what I look like to your eyes. Tell me, did I ever cross your mind? Wonder if I have to wonder why. There's so many things that you could say. Why can't you just come and set things straight? Tell me, did you look the other way? on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness have you ever felt like nobody was there have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere have you ever felt like you could disappear like you could fall and no one would hear So let that lonely feeling wash away Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay Cause when you don't feel strong enough to stand But you can reach, reach out your and oh, someone will come running, and I know they'll take you home. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found to let the sun come streaming in, cause you'll reach up and you'll run. Put your head and look around And you will be found
Father Tony Percy. This week, acceptance is not necessarily approval. Change for some people is great. Change for other people is very difficult. It probably depends upon our personality and also on our personal dispositions, something about our family, our culture, etc. But change has to be made at different times as the world changes and as we change as human beings, we have to change. Change for change's sake is not a good thing, but change that actually is of benefit to us is most important, particularly when it comes to moral conversion. So what Jesus does here is uh, this particular week, he instigates a conversation with the chief priests and elders, the elite, who I like to call the elite. There's plenty of those around. And he says to them, look, the tax collectors and the sinners, they're making their way into the kingdom of God much quicker than you are. John the Baptist came amongst us preaching conversion and they went for it. And then I've come along and amongst you and they have gone for it as well. They've gone for the the change, to change their lives, whereas you guys, the elite, have not. Those uh, tax collectors and prostitutes are an interesting category of people. They share two things in common, I think. One is they are despised by people, disliked intensely, Saying they're hated by people might be a bit too intense, but nevertheless, they're not liked by anyone. And secondly, their behaviour is somewhat addictive. They've got themselves into patterns of behaviour which are really difficult to break. Prostitutes, obviously, dishonesty uh, with their sexuality and the tax collectors' dishonesty with money. It was a real common thread in the Roman Empire that those that acted on behalf of the Roman Empire, the tax collectors, would make the most of it, and so they were quite despised. So they change. When they meet Christ, we know that Christ enjoyed their company immensely. We're told in Matthew 9, for instance, a little bit before the gospel we have this particular Sunday, we're told in in Gospel 9 that Jesus loved to dine with these people, to eat with them. And they went away as changed people. So they'd encountered John the Baptist, but then Jesus backed it up with a a sort of a different type of encounter. And what happened is they had a profound experience of the love of Christ, something that really changed them dramatically. Jesus accepted them. He loved them. And most importantly, he challenged them. So this brings us to what is a, a very important principle which helps us to change in a moral sense, in a sense of conversion with ourselves, but also with others. And that is that acceptance is not approval. Jesus' acceptance of the tax collectors and the prostitutes, his love for them is clearly on display, but he challenges them. He doesn't approve of their behavior. Recall, if you would, the woman taken in adultery. Jesus shows profound love for her, accepts her, and then says to her at the end of the text, when everyone else has gone away, everyone's had to leave because they know themselves not to be without sin. He's there with her. He's on the ground kneeling, looks up at her. She's standing almost in judgment of Jesus. And Jesus says to her profoundly, go away and sin no more. She's had the encounter, the encounter of acceptance and love, And then she receives the invocation 
which seems almost easy because she's encountered the love of Christ, off she goes to sin no more. So I think these readings here, I think you will agree as you look at them closely, that this whole idea of change, particularly moral change, it depends on this most important principle. That is, acceptance is not necessarily approval. Thank you, Father Tony Percy. And that whole idea of change, particularly moral change, depends on this most important principle. That is, the acceptance of the person is not necessarily acceptance of their current behaviour. Father Tony Percy, one of our regulars, each week on The Journey. I uh, trust that you've been following the uh, Morocco earthquake situation. And I'd just like to draw to your attention that Caritas Australia, which is associated, of course, with the with the Catholic Church, but it's its international aid agency, and Caritas Australia have actually launched an appeal for the Morocco earthquake, asking for donation to provide food, water, shelter, and health services to support the survivors in the Morocco earthquake. And you can get the details just by going to caritas.org.au slash Morocco. So that's C-A-R-I-T-A-S, caritas.org.au slash Morocco. And on that website, you can actually support the survivors of that earthquake. Coming up after the break, Trish McCarthy and her milk and honey segment. Trish is wanting to talk about purity of heart, the interior orientation towards all that is good, what's good for me, what's good for my body, my mind, my heart, and what's good for others with whom I interact. So Trish will have that for you after the break. Music-wise, let's go to Ryan Stevenson and I Cry Jesus. Faith, hope, love and life. I'm Max Norton sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Great to have you on the journey.
hope, love and life. This is The Journey. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. I'm a big believer in the understanding that much of our life is a reflection of the state of our heart. Not just our physical heart, but the one that encapsulates our hopes, our dreams, our spirit, our essence, the deepest part of who we are. Jesus and the scriptures speak often about purity of heart. The Sermon on the Mount reminds us, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. One description of what purity of heart entails is the interior orientation towards all that is good. That means the first and foremost attitude of our heart, flowing into our choices and therefore our actions, is goodness. What is good for me, my body, my mind, my heart, and what is good for others with whom I interact? Although this may seem a little overwhelming to get our heads around, the incredible thing is, is that God has kindly written this into our very being. Although we need to develop our muscle of discernment, God, who is goodness, has left clues scattered throughout our life, also our being, our created world, and our church, that allows us to determine what is true goodness and what is not. We have responsibility to stay close to God, the source of goodness, and God's teachings rather than making decisions based simply on what we feel. However, as we do, our hearts become increasingly pure and we begin to see God in all things, and our experience of life and capacity to respond to life is changed irrevocably. Thank you, Trish McCarthy, there with her milk and honey segment. And what's some great advice? Making decisions not based on how we feel, but on the things of God. Thanks, Trish. Coming up after the break, the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, who's been doing some evacuation procedure training. And that may well be something that we might need in this upcoming bushfire season. I certainly hope we don't, but Josh has been getting some training in, and that caused him to think about the stuff that we leave behind or have to leave behind when we are forced to evacuate, and that in turn caused him to think about, well, what's the most important thing that we have? What's the one thing that we couldn't bear losing? But now let's get into some more music, news boys and your love never fails, and after the break, Ben Rector, and thank you. Faith, hope, love and life, my name's Max Norden, sitting in for Jude Hennessy. So glad that you've joined us this week on The Journey.
Hi, I'm Michael from Cornubia, Queensland, and you're listening to The Journey. Thanks for the sunrise, thanks for the night sky, thanks for the deepest blue in my daughter's eyes, and thanks for the weekend, thanks for a good friend, thanks for in the high life again, makes me feel alive. It's been too long since we sat down and talked this way But life is hard, sometimes I don't know what to say But thank you Maybe I just miss having things all figured out Cause now I got doubts and I got these questions Things I just don't understand But I bet you'll sort it out It's been too long since we sat down and talked this way Life is hard, sometimes I don't know what to say There are times when it just doesn't make no sense But you have been good to me, you have been good to me time and again on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness and now here's the bush deacon josh clayton evacuate now i'm not going to say that word three times i know if you hear it three times people will react and i don't want to hear or experience people in cars being worried that something's gone wrong this isn't some sort of uh, weird game that i'm playing but recently i've been part of a couple of moments where I've been called on to reflect on what the word evacuate means and also how I'll respond. At my workplace, we had a fire drill where we had to evacuate the building. It's not even really a fire drill anymore. It's an evacuation because fires aren't the only thing that could go wrong. In that moment, we're challenged to say, well, you just leave. You don't take things. You don't start going through your bookshelf and get your most prized possessions or make sure you've got all your handbags and and anything else you might think. You leave. Shut the door. 
leave because the most important thing is you. I've also been blessed to be on a plane and somehow through luck I ended up in the ev- evacuation row. So a little bit extra space because I'm not a small person uh, to spread out. But beforehand I had the briefing from the stewardess about how to react if something goes wrong. And she instilled upon the six of us or maybe more, maybe 12 of us I think, the importance of us just leaving not going through our overhead compartment and getting what we need or what we think we'll need, but just leaving so that we can make sure everyone else can follow us. What's the most important thing you have? What's the thing that you couldn't bear losing? Sometimes I think we build up what we need. I've been part of a couple of times now pilgrimages that have gone to places where, you know what, bags have been lost, you haven't had everything you needed, but you still carried on because you're able to. It's amazing how often we decide that our luggage that we need to carry with us is as tall as ourselves when really we might only need a couple of things. We imagine what we need more than what we actually do need. The challenge for each of us is to not become too fixed on goods, the things around us. And please don't think I'm an angel. I'm very much attached to many things. But sometimes those moments of whether it is something like Lent or even just a season of fasting or taking extra time for prayer can be a a moment where we realise what is truly important. What is the thing? What is the relationship that is key? For many of us, we think of those relationships of our immediate family and we think of the relationships that we have within our church communities as well. Those key people, those people we know and love, people we wouldn't normally be together with because they're not part of our family, but because of our faith, our understanding of who Jesus Christ is to us, we're part of a community with them. Sometimes that's challenging, but it's also important for us to remember the importance of those around us, not just things, but people. St. Lawrence, during one of the persecutions, was called on to bring the treasures that he had the treasures of the church to those that were persecuting the Christians at the time. Whether it's true or whether it's apocryphal, he didn't bring the gold or all the great resources that the church had. He brought the poor. He brought those that had not much. Our treasures sometimes can be muddled up in a way that is confusing for ourselves, let alone the world. Our treasures are those that God has put with us to work with us and to help us to grow. It's important we realise that it's not about having things. It's about our relationship with others and our relationship with our loving God. Jesus came and was like us because of the great love that God had for us. How we respond to those around us is a great reaction and a great reflection on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our treasures, the treasures, are all around us. What are you going to leave behind when the evacuation call goes out? Because all of us have got stuff we need to leave. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the to the other side 
redemption it's Jesus for our sake you Great song to finish with this week. Caleb and Kelsey, King of Kings. And before that, thanks to the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, and his story on evacuation, not becoming too fixed on our possessions, but rather on relationships. And thanks to all our presenters this week, the Bush Deacon from Bathurst, Josh Clayton, Trish McCarthy in her Milk and Honey segment, Father Tony Percy for The Word, Mother Hilda Scott and Wisdom from the Abbey and right up at the beginning of the show, Father Mike Delaney concluding his four-week reflection series called At What Cost. Next week, coming up in the show, we'll actually have Men Alive founder Robert Fells on and he'll be talking about the Growing Good Men weekend that's coming up at Cataract Scout Park on 20 to 22 October here in New South Wales, but those Growing Good Men weekends are also happening in Queensland and Victoria. You can check the information out at the menalive.org.au website, and Robert will give us a full breakdown on what those Growing Good Men weekends are all about. As we wrap up the show this week, thanks to all the Christian community radio stations that take the journey, and in particular, thanks to our listeners in Hobart, in Tamworth, and also in the southern highlands of New South Wales, like Barrel, Mittagong and Mossvale, who gave us some feedback during the week on how much they really enjoy the show, and we just love bringing it to you. Jude will be back next week, back in the chair. And in the meantime, thanks from me. I'm Max Norden, sitting in for Jude Hennessy. Faith, hope, love and life, you've been listening to The Journey. And the Journey is produced on Dharawal Country from the Office of the Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.